Okay, good afternoon, everyone. Good to see you. This, uh, we're up to Shir Yud, the 10th Shir in the Rei Amunah. It's the last Shir, the last installment, on the 5th of the Ikarim. And if, as you recall, we've been discussing over several weeks these, this, uh, this Ikar Amunah, which is that uh, in the language of the Animamin, that one could only serve, one can only daven to, one can only serve and worship HaKadosh Baruch And, you know, anything else should not be used because, as uh, Alan said, on two sides, you know, neither to believe that it has an ability to make any choice to help you, only the Rabbanu Shalom is the one who has the ability to intervene as a result of tefillah or to change things as a result of tefillah. Everything else is mechanized and we shouldn't even use those things as an intervening force between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and us. That's what we talked about. In this last shiur, what, what Rabbi Moshe is going to be talking about is not so much uh, this prohibition, but taking sort of a step back and looking at the difference between serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Avodah Zarah. And that's besides, you know, so to speak, the effectiveness factor, going straight to the source, the issues we've spoken about before, but more of a fundamental difference in terms of what it means to serve Hashem and to serve Avedah Zara. And I'm going to say, in introducing what he's about to say, that this is not a simple shear. The idea that he shares, I think, is, is fairly straightforward and easy to understand. But in terms of, in terms of plugging it in completely to Avedah Hashem in sort of like a black and white fashion, I don't think, I don't think he meant to plug it in a black and white fashion because there are so many divrei chazal that accent another aspect. So what we'll do, rather, I think, is we'll show what is common between Avodas Hashem and Lahavdil Elif Alfi Avdalis Avodas Zara, Avodas Kochavim Umazolos, and where Avodas Hashem goes a very significant step, a very significant step beyond, a transformative <laughs> step beyond it. I think would force us to sort of like recalculate even the first step. The question with which he starts this shear is the, the, the terminology which is accepted by Chazal when it refers to Avodah Zarah, it refers to Avedas Kechavim Mazolis, the worship of the stars and the constellations. That's an accepted norm, Akum. That, that, uh, that terminology, all of that refers to the worship of the stars or the worship of the constellations of the stars. And the question is, why is that the term which is used? Now, I would say something which, which is not addressed, at least here in this written version of the Shir, is that uh, something which, we, which is said by many is that the reason why the Gemara adopted the terminology of Eved Kechavim Mazolis was because it was very politically correct. By the time they were publishing the Gemaras, by the time we're using this terminology, you couldn't find too many people around who were Eved Kechavim Mazolis, who actually worshipped the stars and the signs of the Zodiac. They were worshipping, uh, you know, the Trinity. They were worshipping other things. And so it was always an issue as we find in the publishing of the Svarim, you know, of the Gemara of, hey, what are they saying about us? 
And it's a great deflection to say it's not about you. It's about those strange people who worshipped, you know, the Zoroastrians or whatever else it is. You know, people, we're not talking about you. You guys are fine, right? And that's and, and you find this, you find this explicitly invoked, not necessarily with Avedis Kachavim and but you'll find this in, in countless footnotes in, in Sforim, which were published at different times, where it says, oh, this refers to the people of once upon a time, but it doesn't refer to the to the to the Nochrim amongst whom we live who aren't this way. So some understand it's simply a matter of of deflection in that sense. We also have to note, again, you know, before anything, that uh, you know, in the Torah, it says it says you look up to the, hot, to the sky and you'll see the sun and the moon and the stars instead of thinking about me about who created the sun and the moon and the stars which is something that in, in not in this year but in many many shiurim Ramesh Shapiro used to speak about right me who is the one who created all of these what happens when you put together the word me and the word Ela? What does it spell? Eloikim, mm-hmm. right? Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the <coughs> me behind the Ela, the single being behind the many that you see in front of you. And what the pasuk warns about, and you know, historically, people looked at the sun and the moon and the stars, and those were significant, powerful forces within the material world, and that was what they chose to to serve. That was the, the those were the the original choices of worship. When the Ramam writes about how Avedizar develops, he writes, in the days of Enosh, people made a mistake. They made a big mistake. They looked and they said, wow, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave such prominence to the sun and the moon and the stars. Even in Bereshis, on the fourth day of creation, so it, it says that when Hashem created the sun and the moon and the stars, it was a negative thing. It was a day, it was a, the Yom Ravi was a, a day of Me'era, of the, that negativity was brought in the world because all of these competing forces for the for the 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 deference of people came into existence. Right? We've explained in the past a while back. I don't remember anymore what the context was, but the first thing Hashem created in the world was the air, was the light, and the competition to Hakadosh Baruch Hu that's given memshola, that's given control in the world, are these alternative sources of light that Hashem created in the world, the Mo'iris, the Maragadol, Marakatan, the Kaychavim. Light, light is which, that which is seen for whatever reason as the source for being able to function, being able to exist. And these are seen in that sense as substitutes. Ramesha will take us, however, to a completely different understanding, a complementary understanding of what it means and why this is the... the um, the term which is most appropriate to use for the worship of Avedazara and where in great sense it stands in contrast to who we are and to what we are supposed to be. And the distinction, the fundamental distinction which he makes, the fundamental issue around which this she, around which today's discussion re- revolves, is the following. People worship or they serve something or someone who they feel beholden to, that they feel like I'm missing something, and that person or that being can provide me with that something which I am missing. Everyone has needs. Everyone has needs. And the 
the, the need requires very often that the person has to look outside of themselves. We can't fulfill all of those needs. We can't address all of those needs by ourselves. And we're therefore beholden to something else, to someone else who's going to be able to help us to be able to fulfill those needs. That's a very basic, very basic phenomenon that's, that, you know, that exists in the world, that exists in life. That's Eved Loive Le'ish Malve. The Pasuk says that a borrower <coughs> is an Eved to the person who is his creditor. I'm beholden to that person who, to whom I owe money. I need something. He provides me with that something, and therefore I serve him. And that, in a great sense, is the phenomenon of yira. Yira, fear, is a vulnerability. A person realizes that they are vulnerable to something. They ha- they're needy, they're beholden to something or to somebody. So that is the constricting yira. I'm small relative to this great thing, this great being, upon which I have complete and total reliance. Avedas kechavim umazolos, said Ramachir, the paradigm of Avedas is that. But it's an interesting phenomenon. Because in a certain sense, as much as it is beholdenness, as much as it is that the person really needs that something else, but I need that something else for something which I want. So there's a famous medrash, which is found, actually, in the beginning of this week's Parsha. I, I, I didn't even realize this until I started saying it. Right? But it's a medrash, and it's a medrash which is brought here in the Shir. Right? It's a medrash which is found at the very beginning of this week's Parsha, which is Parshas Miketz. Okay? I'm sorry, it's not going to be a Hanukkah tie-in, as much as it's going to be a Parshas Miketz tie-in. Rishoim stand over their gods. Whereas Sadikim their gods stand over them. What's the basis for such a statement? Let's we'll talk in a minute about what the statement means. The basis for the statement was In the beginning of this week's Parsha, Parsh Paro is dreaming, and he behold he is standing over the or over the over the river. And everybody knows that the Or, the river, the Nile River, was an object of worship of the Mitzrim. Avla Tzadikim, the Tzadikim, their God stands over them, as it says, by Yaakov Avinu, in the Parsha we read a few weeks ago, Parsha Svayetze, Vinei Hashem Nitzavalov, Hashem was standing over him, over it, over him. God was over him, as opposed to him being over his God. Now what does that mean when it comes to Rishoyim that they that they stand over their God. So the, the idea, as Rabbi Meisha explained it, was that when you need something, and as a result of that need for something that you need for yourself, you turn to your God. So it's true that you recognize that you can't have it without that being providing it for you. To that extent, there's deference. But ultimately, all you want, you want for yourself. All you want, you want for yourself. I can't have this thing for myself unless that (laughs) being gives it to me. Like, if I work for someone, if I work for my boss, for some company or for some corporation, so necessarily, of course, I'm subordinate. 
I need that person to provide me with my paycheck for with whatever it is. But am I fundamentally subordinate to that person? I'm subordinate to that person for that thing for which they will provide me. But ultimately, my real driver, my real boss, my real motivation in everything which I do is, I want this stuff for myself. I want to be able to have X, Y, and Z. It's just that for Y, I need to turn to him. But I define my own self, I define my own agenda, and that person is there, or that being is there, to give me what I need for myself. My service of that being is defined by my chisoren, by what I'm lacking, and that I can only get from them. But what I really want is, I want self-fulfillment. The idea, when we say that tzaddikim, their God stands over them, is that what's driving them is the drive to serve their creator. They want to serve. It's not that I'm serving them in order to get something that will be, to, to use appropriately here the phrase, something which is self-serving. I want to serve them. And that's why we have a very, very important expression which is found in a different Gemara, a Gemara in Chulin, where the Gemara says, Chulin daf peites. The Gemara says that in Sefer Dvarim and Parshas Vaschanan, it says, It is not because you are greater, more numerous, or greater than all of the nations that Hashem was interested in you when He chose you. Because you're the smallest of all of them. So the Gemara says, that the what this Pasuk is really saying is as follows. I have a desire for you. I'm interested in you. Why? Even when I give you greatness, I give you so much, you make yourselves small before me. Let me give you an example, says the Gemara. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I gave Avram greatness. And what did he say? I'm dust and ash. I gave Gedula to Moshe and Aaron. And they said, Who are we? What are we? I gave Gedula to David Amelech. And he said, But on the other hand, when it comes to Evdek Echavim, when I give them Gedula, like I gave Gedula to Nimrod, Nimrod said, Let me build a, power, a tower. I gave Gedula to Parai. And he said, Who's Hashem that I should listen to him? As soon as they feel no vulnerability, they cast away the Rabbi Neshalayla. But Avram Avinu, the more he was given, the more he subordinated himself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Maish Rabbeinu, the more he was given, the more he subordinated himself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because they realized that the power which they would, be, which they would have, which they would possess, gave them so much more to be able to do for the Rabbi Nashalaylam. They weren't servants of HaKadosh Baruch Hu out of desperation, out of a lack of a sense of fulfillment. Their greatest fulfillment was to take all that they were given and to give it back to the Rabbi Nashalaylam. It's not because of your greatness that Hashem desired you. It is ki atem hama'at mikola amim. Yeah, the Pasuk itself could be read in many different ways. <clears throat> Says the Gemara, the way to read it is our choice, which we make in life, 
to give ourselves over, to humble ourselves before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, no matter how much we have. It's not a need-based relationship. We choose to give. And with this, he says, that's the idea of the language of I'm presenting to you the thought, I'll present, we'll, we'll talk about the struggle to, to see where this fits in in, in a few minutes. What's that idea? So Rav Meisha built this description based on, you know, the one, the focal point that he used was a specific chazal, a chazal which I think is, is known to many. Excuse me. Chazal say Ein lecha kol esev ve'esev milmata There is no blade of grass which doesn't this which doesn't exist down here that doesn't have a mazel berakia that doesn't have some sign in the heavens that beats it, that hits it, and tells it, to, and tells it to grow. Every such thing has something which, which beats it and tells it, and tells it to grow. As the Pasuk says, right, The Chukai Shamayim are the Shaiter, the officer, that, 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 that pounds and gets the thing to grow. What does this mean? What does this mean? And what he, what he, what he explains is, and he explains it based on a morale, is that the, the mazel barakia is the definition in heaven of how things are supposed to exist. Right? This idea is an idea which, which is you know, strongly found in many sforim, very notably, in the writings of Rav Chaim of Volozhner, and that is, and of the of the of the of the Ramchal, that the upper world, so to speak, the world which is Borakia, not speaking here just about the visible signs of the of the stars and the constellations, but Hakodesh Baruch upper world is the definition of the design of what this world is supposed to be. When we speak about a Yerushalayim Shalmala and a Yerushalayim Shalmata, there's a world which is above human choice and human frailty and the frailties of this world. There's an ideal world, an ideal vision. We, we, when we learned together the, the Derech Hashem, we talked about this, this map that was on the wall in the situation room right, of the general where he takes a, a pushpin Right, a yellow pushpin, and he moves it from here to there. And with that goes essentially the instruction that has a whole brigade move from this location to that location. <coughs> there's, there's, there's an image in Shamayim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu constructs of ideal. And down here, we strive to be able to somehow reach that ideal, to, to get to that place. The idea of the mazel barakia that tells the physical grass down here to grow is that there's an ideal that everything strives towards. And the mazel that pounds at the grass and tells it to grow is because this is what it needs to be. And therefore, it's avoda. 
is to be mashlim its chisaren. All that it's striving to do is self-fulfill, to be what it's supposed to be. Everything has what it's supposed to be. And a big driving force in life is to be what you're supposed to be. But does Avoda stop then? The, the construct of people who are Eved Kechavim Umazolais, he suggested, was that as soon as the person achieves self-fulfillment, as soon as it achieves that place, that the mazel, that it would be pictured that we should be, as soon as we get there, we stop. We have no reason to serve anymore. We have no reason to turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to turn to this greater force anymore, because we are all we can be. However, for Klal Yisrael, that's where Avoida starts. The bigger I make them, the more I make them seem to achieve their potential. They say, now we have more to give over. Now we have more that we're able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with. When we're given, the more we're given, the more we have an opportunity to use and to give and to grant. That's the change. That's the transformation. That's the difference between us and them. And therefore, there the model is, they're over, they stand over their Eloheim because their God is just there to serve them, to be able to enable them. Whereas on the other hand, for, for us, the God is over us, is over us. It's not a matter of self-serving. It's not a matter simply of self-fulfillment. It's an, an opportunity. The more we have, the more that we are able to give. Now that's the thought, the way he the way the way he presents it. It's, of course, it's a it's a lofty idea. It's a lofty idea. We don't just turn to the Rabbi Shalom for our needs. Our greatest need is to be able to give, to be able to give. So it's 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 you know the ultimate in avoda. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate in service. The ultimate in avdus. Where we have to look at this carefully is, I'll just bring you the simplest and most famous Chazal about it. I think it's the most famous Chazal about it, but it's not the only Chazal about it by far. The Gemara says in Yavamas, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu make it that the Imohis were HaKadosh? Why did he make it so difficult for the Imohis to have children? And what's the Gemara's answer? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires the prayers of Tzadikim. So what does that mean? If it came easy, so would we pray? Would the Avais have prayed? Would the Imois have prayed? You see what drove them. They needed something. They wanted something. And therefore they turned to the Rabbanu. Now yes, it is true that we learn from that Gemara something very important that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to converse with us. He wants that we should have a connection with him. He created the needs so that we would have it. So if a person thinks that tefillah is just to address needs, then they're making a big mistake. Because if the needs are created so that we'll be mispalel, so then that means that there's a value to the tefillah interaction itself. And tefillah shouldn't just be to develop needs, to, to address needs. And we get it. Everybody <laughs> understands that. Tefillah is bigger than addressing your needs. But at the same time, it is also saying that there was a quality of tefillah that only could come because we needed something. Not we, 
pedestrian little we, but Yitzchak and Rivka, Avram and Sarah, Yaakov and Leah, and Rachel, excuse me, they were mispalel because because they needed something. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been mispalel the same way. They wouldn't have been mispalel the same way. And here, what this shear is building around is the idea that Avedis Hashem doesn't start and stop with our needs. If it starts and stops with our needs, then we're actually asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to serve us rather than us coming to, coming to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I, I would like to add something. It's not included here in, 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 this, in this presentation that's in the Re'i But I want to add something. And that's a, a, an important, very, very important thing to note when you think about tefillah. We know that tefillah is in place of korbanas. The tefillah, the way we have it, arranged by Chazal, the Gemara says, Mar has a debate whether tefillah is always tiknum or keneget temidim tiknum. Avram established Shachris, Yitzchak, Mincha, Yaakov, Arvis. Or on the other hand, should we view it as there was a korban tamit shel shachar, that's shachris, there was a korban tamit shel bein harabayim, that's mincha, and there was the burning of the limbs and the fats, that is what that happened at night, overnight, and that's arvis. There's a huge difference between korbanas and tefillah. Not, not a hu- huge is 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 implies that it's like maybe even like a quantitative difference. They're 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 mamish the opposite of each other. Why is that? When you dive into Hakadosh Baruch Hu, what do you say, Rabbi I need something. Please provide me with my need. When you bring a korban, what do you do? You say, Rabbi Nishlalem, you kivayochel need something. I'm giving you your food. We build you a migdash so you have a place to live, and then we're also this is the original air V and B. Right? You give it a spiritual home to the Rabbi Shalalav where he has a place to live and where he's provided with food. Now, I understand philosophically we will struggle, as the Nevi'im said, in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm, I'm hungry? You need to feed me? Good question. But the Tzura, the way the Mikdash is set up is that we do for the Rabbi Shalalav. And the way Tefillah is set up <clears throat> is that the Rabbi Shalom does for us. And if you think about it, this is the very difference that Rabbi Moshe is talking about here between Avedas Kechavim Umazolis and Avedas Hashem. Avedas Hashem is we have it and we're choosing to give it to the Rabbi Shalom. Whereas Avedas Kechavim Umazolis, again, the way he's portraying it is we need it and therefore we're turning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give it to us. This difference parallels the difference between Avaida the way it is now and Avaida the way it would be in the time of the Migdash. And one might say that in a certain sense that would bring into sharper relief this debate in the Gomorrah and Brachas about whether Tfilais Avais Tiknum or Tfilais Kineget Midim Tiknum. Because when it came to the Avais, the Tfilais that we have of the Avais, were tefillahs of need. They weren't tefillahs that were offered from a position of strength. They were tefillahs of need. 
Avram Avinu, okay, so the tefillah of Sadaim wasn't a tefillah of personal need. That's where we have the tefillah shachras of Avram Avinu. But Avram turned to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for his needs. Matitainli, right? Vanoichi HaHelecheru, and Meshek Beisi, who the Mesek Eliezer. He's asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for his needs. Yitzchak, Vayetzi, Yitzchak, Lasuach, Basada, Lifnais Arev. Chazal understand that he was, he was davening for his Basug. Maybe he was maybe something else too, but he was davening for his bazug and terem yikrov There, Rivka is coming. Yaakov avinu vayifka b'amokayim vayol and shabkivah Hashemesh. He was going out into Lavan's world. He had prayers. He had worries. If Hashem will be with me and take care of me, these were tefilas that are like our tefilas, and the tefilas of the mikdash, the korbanos of the mikdash, were a different state of affairs. It was when Klal Yisrael was fulfilled. There's a building phase, and there's a phase of strength. And our posture changes. And so maybe what we need to do is just to supplement this idea that Rav Moshe is saying is, of course, of course, avoda, yira, is to recognize that we have only one place to turn. He himself quotes, I, 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 I did not say it, but he himself quotes, you know, the Maral who says that when it says that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has in his world is Yira. You know, all the Avodah are called Yirosam. Chazal always refer to them as Yirosam. The Targum of Elohim is Dachalta, something which you fear, something which you feel vulnerability towards. And the fundamental of this Ikar is that we're all ultimately dependent Dependent on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if a person feels dependence on anything else, they're ignoring the true source of existence. But the greatness that's there in Kal Yisrael is that even when, so to speak, we have reached a point where it feels like we have no needs, like we're taken care of, we still want to give to the Rabbi Shalom. It's true, we get, we begin with a sense of your vulnerability, but we don't end when the sense of vulnerability ends. On one level, the way I would have always have heard it is that the sense of vulnerability never ends. Even if we have, we know that we're still here just by the grace of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which Rahman al-Fan could disappear in an instance, in an instant. But deeper, stronger is that even if the vulnerability wasn't there, Whatever we have, we just want to give. We want to be able to give. We want to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch So there is an evolving strain of what Avayda means from the Avais to the Migdash, back again to the world of Golis, where Tefillah again is an expression of vulnerability. But it should never stop as an expression of vulnerability. And I think this is a worthy thing for us to keep in mind. Why? Because... We all have a sense sometimes of merubchem. I mean, we're, we sit in comfort, Baruch Hashem. And, <laughs> and it's and it's a it's an it's an avoda, which is sometimes very very difficult for a person to say, "But I'm so vulnerable." You know, when when we're when we're comfortable, it's it's an important thing. It's a very important thing for a person to stop and to say one second. You know, I, I should not be filled with my sense of what I have. I should realize that, you know, Hashem, it's by the grace of God the world turns around. Rahmanul Islam 
world can turn upside down in a minute. Hashem should protect everyone that they shouldn't have to experience such a thing. But, you know, there's another way of saying it, which is, yeah, okay, I got it. But what do I want to do with it? What do I have it for? Is this where the, is this where the exercise ends? I'm given all this so I should have all of this, and I'm the center of the world. And I say thank you to God. You know, you've been good to me. You've served all my needs, and I'm very thankful to you. Or does it say, you know something? Yeah, <laughs> I've got it. Hashem, for whatever reason, chose to give it to me. I recognize. But what do I want to do with it? I want to do back for him. I want to do back for him. The more I'm given, the more I realize, wow, I am here to serve him. Let me do for him. Let me do for him. That's a mabat, that's a vision, which is worthy for us to, to, to bear in mind and to restore, to be, able to, to be able to do, not just from need, but just, you know, just to want to, to do, to serve beyond. Kodesh Baruch Hu should help us, so we should be able to do so. Be'ez Hashem, la'avdoi, b'leivav, sholeim. Amen.